0: Every four years, when the Olympics roll around, my girls and I love to grab a seat on the couch and watch the gymnasts. The thought of how much time, dedication, and perseverance they've had to get to that point is really hard to imagine. But those girls are living out their dream. A gymnast in Tulsa, Oklahoma, understands their pursuits and saw great ministry potential in the skills and character development in this sport. Today, we'll hear how she's impacting so many young people in her community through backflips and balance beams. That's on this Action in Ministry. Inspiring you to be the hands. Empowering you to be the feet. Strengthening you to be the heart of Christ for others. Action. Action. Action
1: in ministry.
0: Hi, I'm Rachel Legutte, and this is Action and Ministry. It seems like so many young girls and boys love gymnastics. I know my girls love it. They may learn from YouTube videos and practice their new skills for your evening entertainment, like my children, or maybe they learn at a local gym. But there's something that draws young people to this sport. I want you to meet our guest, Jennifer Patterson, who saw great potential for reaching young people. She's the owner of a very unique gymnastics facility called AIM High Academy in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Jennifer, thanks for joining us from Tulsa.
1: I am so glad to be with you today. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah. Well, Jennifer, a lot of us are probably familiar with what a gymnastics gym might look like, a place where they offer classes to help children learn backbends and backflips and participate in competitions. But could you tell us a little bit about what AIM High Academy is and how it's different from the average gymnastics gym.
1: Yeah, I would love to tell you about AIM High. Um, So AIM High Academy is a faith-based gym that actually started after I had done a bunch of volunteer work um, in the North Tulsa community with at-risk children and youth. And after about seven or eight years of doing volunteer work in the community, working with these kids, I was realizing that there was just a lack of hope in the community. And many of these kids were already dealing with consequences of bad decisions that they'd made in their lives. Many of the boys had police records. A lot of the girls were, you know, already sexually active and we were throwing baby showers. And at that point in time, I thought about the sport of gymnastics and and all the life lessons that I had learned through the sport. And I thought, how could I combine My passion for at-risk kids with the passion and the discipline that that the sport of gymnastics has to offer. And so God began to give me a vision to start gymnastics, to be kind of used as a vehicle, um, get kids in the door, and then through their gymnastics experience, be able to share the love of Christ with them. So we differ from most gymnastics clubs. One, that we're faith based, and then two, that we do desire to serve a specific population, um, a group of people that probably wouldn't get to do gymnastics otherwise.
0: Well, you, you mentioned that you have a background in gymnastics, that this was something that you participated in when you were growing up. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely. I started gymnastics at the age of four, um, kind of like you were talking about with your kids just i was one of those kids that was flipping on the couch and my parents thought we need to hone in this energy and <laughs> find so a better place in gymnastics. <laughs> <laughs> they started me in gymnastics when i was 4 and um you know, the coaches saw something in me by the age of six, I was already on the competition floor and I competed for about a decade in gymnastics. Absolutely loved it. It was my life. Um, if you you know, if I was either found in church with my family or I was gonna be in the gym. Um, didn't have much of a social life otherwise, but for me it was it was worth it. I was dedicated and I loved the sport and I loved all it all it had to offer. And um, when I was in college, I landed a coaching job at the Bart Conner Gymnastics Academy when I was at the University of Oklahoma. That's located in, in Norman. And Bart and Nadia were two of my heroes that I had growing up. I idolized them, <laughs> then had the opportunity while I was in college to actually be able to work with them alongside them, and that was just a tremendous learning opportunity for me, and just definitely one of those areas that I look back in and know that I had found God's favor in being able to, to be there.
0: Did you think that you would do something with gymnastics as you became an adult, or is it just something that you were like, oh, these pieces fit together, I want to do this?
1: You know, it's a little of both, actually. I I look back on, you know, when I was a child and when a lot of um, most girls were playing house with their dolls and they were playing, you know, mom and dad and had the baby, my dolls were always gymnasts and I was always the coach and they were always doing gymnastics. So I think somewhere way back then on some level, I kind of knew that it was something that I wanted to do long term. Um, definitely, though, kind of got away from that thinking that I would, you know, do, do something else, but I, it's all part of God's plan and the way that He, you know, drew me back into the sport, the opportunities that He gave me. And like I said, just getting to, to learn in the environment that I got placed in in college um, just kind of lit a fire within me. And then when you start working with the kids and you understand that role that you have in their lives as a coach, the influence that you can have on them, the mentoring became really, really important to me and being a role model and for me being able to live out my faith and try to inspire all of the athletes that I was working uh, with to be able to to live out their faith through their gymnastics as well.
0: Yeah, I think probably if you don't spend a lot of time in the gymnastics community, you might not realize how much time gymnasts spend with their coaches. And the opportunity that you have to invest in their lives um, is really something that's quite large. It is.
1: Dedicated gymnasts spend a significant amount of time uh, with their with their coaches. It's just one of those sports that it's day in, day out, and you have to have that repetition or things can become really, really difficult and it's hard to advance. But I would say on average, most gymnasts at a high level spend probably between 18 hours to 24 hours a week in the gym with their coaches. So you have a lot of time to form relationships with your coaches. We really get to know our kids and their families.
0: And it really highlights the importance of having these positive coach role models in these children's lives. Well, maybe not all of your gymnasts that you work with at AIM High Academy are are gymnasts who are spending 24 hours a week in the gym. I'm wondering what the beginning of AIM High Academy looked like. What was your goal as you started the beginning stages of this ministry that that you're doing?
1: Right. I never dreamed that we would be where we are now. When we first started, it was very simple. We started on donated space at the John 316 Family and Youth Center up in North Tulsa, um, which was, we just were on their basketball court, and I would just pull out some mats and start a class. Um, had very little um, to begin with, and all I really wanted was just for God to give me the opportunity that through these classes to be able to tell the kids and reinforce to them that God made each one of them special with a purpose and a plan for their lives. And that became very um, important. We ended every class, and we've always ended every class, with the kids telling us that God made them special. You know, it's my belief that if at a very, very early age, we start the kids at age two. So if we can start at age two, getting them to say back to us, God made me special, then we, you know, I just really feel that if they say that enough, that maybe they can begin to believe it. And then when they're 13, 14 years old, instead of looking to the world for answers, they've thought, no, I've been told my whole life that God made me special, that He has a plan for me. So hopefully by that age, then they're beginning to look at whatever God's plan is and, and you know, trying to discover what that means to each one of them personally.
0: What other kind of ways do you incorporate God and the gospel into your teaching to the children who come to your gym?
1: Well, one thing that I love is us being a faith-based nonprofit organization. We do have the freedom to speak truth into the kids' lives at every opportunity, and I'm always encouraging my staff um, just to seize every opportunity, you know, whether it is maybe kids that aren't getting along in class, to sit down with them and say, okay, you know, what does the Bible say? How are we supposed to treat one another? You know, what does He say about loving your neighbor? Or if it is a kid that's dealing with fear, which, you know, a lot, a lot of times our higher-level gymnasts, um, we ask them to do some things that are pretty scary. I have the freedom to be able to, to talk to the kids about what the Bible says in Joshua about facing our fears and how, you know, we have the power to overcome fear because of Jesus Christ. Um, we also end all of our classes in prayer. We pray specifically, you know, um, each child's name. And like I said, we, we always encourage them um, by telling them that God made them special with a purpose and a plan for their lives. And then a lot of our kids that do come a significant amount of time each week, we on Fridays in the summer do team Bible studies. So, I mean, just really any way that we can incorporate faith and, um, you know, focus on not only what they're doing physically in the gym, but also focus on the kids spiritually, you know, we want to seize those opportunities.
0: I've never encountered um, something that's quite like this. How did your community respond when you first opened your doors?
1: When we first opened our doors, um, you know, it was, we had a lot of, support from churches. Most of our, our support was from churches. And I will for be forever thankful to all of the, the people and the churches that donated early on. Um, since then we've gotten a significant backing from the Tulsa community. A lot of foundations, businesses are on board and support us. We are really overwhelmed um, you know, by the support that we get. It's it's amazing. We also had on March twenty fifth of 2015, a a tornado that passed through Tulsa and actually completely destroyed the gym, the facility that we were in at the time. You know, uh, many of your listeners might have seen this on the news. It was a national story. We got lots of airtime. We were on CBS, NBC, ABC, all of the main Networks um, also on the Weather Channel. But it was a tornado that destroyed our gym. It was an evening when we had 50 kids um, in the gym. They all took cover down in the basement. The oh firefighters had to rescue them that evening, you know, and we all emerged without a scratch. There wasn't a scratch on anyone. God really protected us that night. So after that, I mean, we felt support from the community in Tulsa, but also nationally. Um, so God really gave us a platform at that point of, of in time to um, get our mission out, um, you know, to a lot more people um, and then have a lot more people, you know, become involved in what we're doing as well. And um, so, you know, that was a, an incredible portrayal that of God still at work performing miracles, the events that happened that night. It truly was a miracle in every sense of the word that our kids got to live through and experience. And, you know, all of the people then that invested in AIM High and supported us and prayed for us throughout all of that, they got to receive that miracle as well.
0: What is it that drives you when you are facing something that's challenging like this? Like, a tornado that wipes out your entire facility. You have to shelter children in the basement. Like, what is it that drives you to keep going when you're facing obstacles?
1: At that moment, I remember right after the tornado and emerging from the basement. Everybody was downstairs, but I knew I kind of needed to go upstairs and survey the damage. I, we knew we'd been hit. And I remember emerging and being really confused, um, thoughts of, God, you know, you've, you've helped grow this, you know, all of that equipment that I'm looking at that's in shambles, mm. um, this building that doesn't have a roof anymore. I'm looking up into the sky and being rained on uh, where there used to be a ceiling. I don't quite understand how you could let all of this happen, you know, and there were, so there were some questions. The questions didn't last long because I was quickly reminded that the kids were safe. And so as soon as I began to focus on the kids are safe. God, you really performed a miracle. You were with mm-hmm. us throughout this. Um, my perspective, everything kind of began to change, and I realized at that point in time I needed to walk down those stairs, and I needed to be calm. I needed to be confident in in that knowing, you know, that God has, always has us Um in his loving arms and being able to go down that and go downstairs and deliver that message to all the people that were waiting for me down in the basement was critical. And I think for me, that's kind of set the tone. Um, just it's God's faithfulness and just the way that he has continued to provide for us, whether it be, um, financial financially, or a devastation of a tornado in a building. And it was hard. And a lot of times the things that we go through are hard, but those are the moments that we have got to reflect on the goodness of God and how He has provided for us and how He has loved us and all of the blessings and becoming focused on those things and being appreciative of those things instead of focusing on the problems.
0: Jennifer, I think your ability to, in a time of crisis, to turn your eyes from the bad things that are sitting right in front of your face and to turn your eyes to the things that God has done in his faithfulness um this is a beautiful thing and i think it it says a lot about the things that have pushed you and kept you going to accomplish something of this magnitude for the for the the people in your area what do you think it is that maybe makes aim high a little bit different would you attribute it to um just having having been immersed in this culture of working hard in gymnastics and then being very involved at your church as well. Is that kind of what helped form you into who you are that pushes this forward now today?
1: Certainly being raised in church and being in a relationship with the Lord at a young age and having a lot of faith to stand on and being able to remember all the ways that God had been has been faithful in my life— has helped set the foundation for everything. But I think um, most importantly, what makes Aim High so special is that it truly was a vision from the Lord. It was nothing that I set out to do or intended to do with my life. Um, you know, it definitely came from Him. There's no, there's no question about that. And so I'm constantly reminded when, when God is at work and I see kids out in the gym day in and day out that are, Giggling, they are happy, they are telling scriptures that they've memorized to their instructors, or they are praying for one another when one of them, you know, when somebody is struggling. When I see those things, it reminds me of who is in control, and it always reminds me to give God the glory. And I think as long as we are continually giving God the glory that He deserves, um, you know, things are are just going to continue to be special. And, you know, we have been so blessed to truly walk among a a miracle that that God did here in the lives of these kids. And uh, one important thing that we did was after the tornado, and the gym was destroyed, and we were displaced, and we had kids that were um, having to work out in in you know a, a gym here or a gym there, and we were things were just not structured during that time, and things were hard, and we were wanting a home. And during that time, we did a Bible study with the kids. Um, we took them through the Book of Nehemiah, and we taught them about how you know the city that Nehemiah loved had been destroyed, so they could relate. Number mm-hmm. one, you know, right off the bat, they were able to relate to that, and we went through and we we talked about praying and and going before the Lord and bringing our desires to the Lord, just like Nehemiah did. And we talked about how then God began to equip Nehemiah with the tools that he would need to be able to rebuild his city. And as that was happening— God was beginning to give us tools for us to be able to rebuild. We were blessed to receive a million-dollar donation from a Tulsa businessman who does that. <laughs> you know, what I mean, that was just another miracle, and that was something that the kids got to experience. And then because of that donation, we were able to, to purchase a state-of-the-art, gymnastics facility in Tulsa, and they got to live through that and witness that, and they saw their city, their mm-hmm. gym, just like Nehemiah saw his city, you know, get rebuilt. They, they got to experience that. And so, um, you know, I'm just all the time just in awe of the way that God works, and, um, you know, it's just definitely a special thing that He has done here at, at AIM High, and we do give Him all the glory.
0: You know, as I listen to you talk and I'm thinking about um, these young people that you're, um, you know, you're talking about the people who are maybe living in more at-risk environments and how offering opportunities for other things that help them make, you know, better life choices along the way. Um, but also, you know, teaching these skills that help people learn, build strength and and learn how to make um, all of these different kinds of decisions that expand and go out from their time in the gym, I can't help but also think about um, the climate of gymnastics in our in the United States right now. I don't know um, if it's kind of hard to like turn on the news and not hear stories about um, some pretty unsavory things that have happened in the gymnastics community. And I'm listening to all of this positive work that you're doing, and I um, I can't help but think that maybe you're not just impacting the lives of um, these children, but also the sport of gymnastics, and I think it's a really beautiful thing.
1: Oh well, thank you so much for for saying that. Um, you know, I I do believe that Aim High Academy is a gem, but there are a lot of gems out there. There are a lot of wonderful, wonderful programs, and it is important that parents do their due diligence and that they check out gymnastics facilities and that they make sure that. Uh, the gymnastics facilities that they're in are USA Gymnastics member clubs, and that they have policies in place to protect their children. That is of the utmost importance. But there are a lot of great programs out there, um, and, you know, we feel that, you know, at least in Oklahoma, we know that families trust us, and they feel like they can trust their children with us. And um, they know that when they bring their kids to aim high, we're not just going to be feeding them, you know, physically, but we're also going to be feeding them mentally and most importantly, spiritually as well. And, um, so that is, you know, obviously important to us and, um, that, you know, we're just thankful that we are able to impact the kids in
0: that way. When I hear a story like yours, I, it, it makes me look at my life and think, what is God doing? And, What new opportunities for service is God maybe opening up for me as well? I'm so thankful that you stopped by and shared your story with us, and we pray that God continues to bless all that you're doing at AIM High Academy.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much. And I'm thrilled just to be able to to share the story of AIM High Academy. I I really love every opportunity that I get just to talk about what God has done, because again, it truly is what He has done. And, you know, any way for Him to be glorified, um, I'm on board with. So thank you so much for having me today and letting me share.
0: Young David in the Bible was a faithful shepherd boy who grew to be very courageous as he fought lions and bears and the giant Goliath. His character and growth as a child no doubt was part of God's plan to make him a powerful king of Israel. God used years in the sport of gymnastics to bring about abundant opportunities for Jennifer to share God's love as an adult. Take a minute and think about your journey. How is God leading you to serve, to reach your neighbor, to care for those in need? Will you go? That's action in ministry. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rachel Legutte.
1: Thank you for listening
0: to Action in Ministry. We'd love to hear how you and your church are ministering to your community. To submit ideas for this podcast, visit our website,
1: lhm.org forward slash action and send us an email.